You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. So Tom Brady retires this time he means it. And when we played it for you earlier in the show, you, this video that he put out on social media, Bart listened and right away you said, right? You said he gone. Like you no denial, no, no hesitation, no nothing this time around. So his history against the Jets is well documented. 30 and 7. He's thrown, you know, like we know he's beaten them. You got him when it mattered most, of course, in the divisional round in 2010. And that's the last time the Jets won a playoff game. So the impact of him against the Jets in the past is one thing. And, of course, when you're the Giants, you love Tom Brady. You have no problem with Tom Brady. Love everything about him because you beat him when it mattered most, twice. But the Jet impact going forward is something that I think we've got to acknowledge because the thought was, and I was selling this this pie-in-the-sky dream yesterday of you know Brady going to the Niners and then Rodgers coming to the Jets, and then you get a Super Bowl of Brady versus Rodgers, the NFL would love it. Well, uh, Jeff Darlington, um, is it Jeff? No, no, which one was it? Was it Darlington? Who was it? Uh, my God, I get them all mixed up all the time. Oh, Fowler. No, it was Darlington, okay. Yeah, Fowler's the other guy uh, that we, we talked to a lot, too. I like both of them. But Darlington has covered Brady really closely, especially down when he went to Tampa. And Darlington was on Get Up this morning, and he said for Brady it was basically either stay with Tampa or retire. The idea of him going to like Vegas with uh, Josh McDaniel or going to the Niners, first of all, apparently Darlington said that that any thought of him going back to New England immediately was squashed. Like anybody that brought that up, he said he was hearing no chance. (laughs) Yeah. But the, the Raiders and Niners thing was sort of an idea, but the thing that made it like, I don't want to do this, was A, his kids are in Florida, they're not moving, and he doesn't want to be that far away from them. Yeah, they live them. across the street from them. Well, right now they do, yeah. But he doesn't. He didn't want to have to then move to the West Coast and be away from them, and you know what, how he is. If he gets into something, he's all dialed in, 90% of his life is all about it. Thanks, and a, he lot, knew- thanks a lot, Giselle. You could have moved. You got right. enough money. You could have moved it out there. The kids would have loved being around their grandparents every day. Thanks a lot. So he's not going to go to the he Niners. the Jets. Then. So he the Niners the were Jets. not an option. The Raiders are not an option. But the Niners now, with Brock Purdy uh, needing Tommy John, and he's going to be at least six months. We talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. That they need a quarterback. And so now all of a sudden, they become more available as a option for Aaron Rodgers, who – was it Cal? He's got that, you know, again, that connection to them. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, Bart, if you feel like less optimism, as I told you, that's what I do. I'm a pessimist by trade because the ultimate failure that's coming, I'm more prepared for. Are you less optimistic about a Rodgers to the Jets scenario now? Um, a little bit because you, you potentially may have a desperate – desperate San Francisco team. Yeah. And when I say desperate, they may be willing to walk away from some of their young talent 
to be able to send not only picks because I don't do they even have a damn pick this year? Do they have a first round pick this year, or, do, or this is the last one for Trey Lance that they got to send? Uh, it may be done because Trey Lance going his third year. I thought they got rid of three ones. Maybe it was just two. But now they're desperate because it's time for this regime to cash in on his promise. Very good team, of course. Team that's always in the running. Team that's well coached. Went to a Super Bowl. Went to a uh, NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Lost last year in the NFC Championship. Have a lot of players that's you know starting to get up there. Trent Williams is 34 years old, even though he's playing at a high level and probably was the best left tackle in all of football. At some point, that, those things are not going to start being there. And they may say, you know what, we can, we can afford to get rid of a Brandon Ayuk to give them a player. And if we can give them a first-round draft pick, that may be a more attractive to them than the pick number 13. Now, they, they can't give them a great draft pick, so maybe that's the case. But now I'm a little nervous because they can offer a draft pick and players that are proven in this league. They can give – not Armstead, they give up – they'll give up maybe a Ken Law. Who knows, right? And that can make that – can, that can be very appealing to a team that wants to try and win by running the ball and maybe playing great defense. So I'm nervous a little bit now that Aaron Rodgers – you know, may have more options. And when you have more options, how attractive is it to go to the Jets opposed to a team that probably is just one healthy quarterback from being in the Super Bowl last year? That part is what does give you that hesitation, right? Like, like I look at it as Aaron Rodgers has really nothing else to play for other than his own damn legacy, right? And, and trying to win one more. Because that one more is it puts you in a different stratosphere. Yep. Having that second ring does change everything for him. He's got the MVPs already. He's got all the other accolades. You could argue talent wise, the best quarterback of his generation. I mean, you could argue it. I mean, po- you know, post po- post Peyton Manning. I mean, he, there's, there's nobody better until, of course, Patrick Mahomes continues what he's doing. So that's what he's playing for. And you could. I'll make all the cases about the market, New York, what it could do for him, all that stuff. But he has always given so up the vibes out. of being a West Coast guy. He's always given off the vibes of wanting to like push his way that way. And who knows? He gives off the vibes that, you know, like we heard Tom Brady just retired. Aaron Rodgers could be doing this next year at this time as well. We don't know, but he could. He could even do it this year. So the point is, is that for him, it's got to be a place where, A, like the Jets look like a team that is on the verge of being really good. The Niners, we already know, are. We already know it. They keep getting to the championship game, or at least they're in a playoffs. They're very competitive. They have a defense. They already have the history there of winning instead of the Jets, which is the opposite. Yeah, so, you thank you, Hackett, man. Well, that's where I'm Do going something. next. Do something. So, Aaron Rodgers on McAfee, as he is every Tuesday. This stuff came out after our show. Here's him talking about his relationship with Nathaniel Hackett, who the Jets just hired as their offensive coordinator. We all have certain coaches that have meant a lot to us over the years and have created those really special rooms to play in, special feelings on game day, made the weeks better. Obviously, Nathaniel is one of those guys. I would say there's been a handful of coaches over the years who've been just on another different level, you know, guys who you just kind of bonded with more than other guys. And it's not a shot at any, any other coach you've played with. It's just humans. It's like with teammates. Some guys you really you love and some guys you love and you spend more time with them off the field. All right, Bart, so you hear what he had to say there glowingly, and uh, he's quite aware, of course, of rumors. He's quite aware of what people will think of him saying this. So is he is he going to, you know, is he overdoing it about Nathaniel Hackett? 
Is he just giving you his true emotion? Whatever it is, he knows what he's saying is going to resonate. The Jets just hired a guy, and he knows the Jets are looking for a veteran quarterback, and he knows the Jets will give anything for him. So do you read anything, any BS translator into this about what you just heard from Aaron Rodgers talking about the Jets' new OC? A guy who, when he played with them, won two MVPs. When you get to a certain age, it's about quality of life. It's about work environment. And if you go somewhere new, you don't know how they run things or what type of how the the room is going to be. If you go out to San Francisco, you may believe that Shanahan is a great guy, but he's still a guy that may want you to do things his way. And some adjustment there. It's a filling out process there. You know if you go there with the Jets and you go with Nathaniel Hackett, you know exactly what that room is going to be like, what it's going to feel like. And so I think that that gives the Jets an advantage. Now, whether they hired Nathaniel Hackett because of that reason, and maybe they knew a little bit more, maybe they don't know more. But if it's seeming like they've gotten to Schefter that maybe that Green Bay is thinking about moving on, then it's gotten to Aaron Rodgers too. And I'm sure he doesn't like all this stuff kind of coming out through the media. No, he hates it. And and it may offend him a little bit. And he may say, you know what, it's time for me to go. He said he wants to play. So, Well, I also think that he's not – Him – yeah, he hasn't made that decision yet. There's a couple more cuts I'll play for you here. But, like, Bart, he never wants to say, I want out because he's always about legacy. And he knows that if I say I want out, it's a bad look and I don't want to tarnish – Whatever they think of me here in Green Bay for the rest of my life, yeah, right? The, well, he might not have, but because he also held them hostage a couple of times late in the season. I mean, uh, after seasons. Mm-hmm. But for Rodgers, it does matter, and he does care. So Rodgers isn't going to like – he's not going to do the, the dance of, I'm done here, it's time for them to move on. He's not doing that. He will, he will always put it on them. They're the ones that traded me. They wanted me out of here, right? Like, he will put it on them – to say, no, we want to keep you, let's restructure your deal, let's do this, let's let's get the players you want, or no, we're not going to do all the things you want us to do, it's time for us to find out what we have in Jordan Love, we're going to move on. So he could always say, what me? They didn't want me anymore. Like That's what he wants. So when it comes to the conversation part, like you said, he's seeing this stuff, the reports, you know he's paying attention to it. So they asked him if there were any conversations he's had yet with Green Bay about his future. It sounds like there's already conversations going on that aren't involving me, which are interesting. Honestly, I've been insulated to a lot of that. Like I said, I was in, in Nashville, and, and then I'll be up here you know, this week playing in the tournament. So I'm not a part of those conversations right now. When I make up my mind one way or another, then you guys and Packers, not in that order, and everybody else will, uh, will know at some point. Now, interesting, he was in Nashville, and oh, by the way, is he talking about Pebble Beach? Is he in the Pro-Am? Is that what he's playing? I know Josh Allen's supposed to be in that, so I wonder if he's in that. But um, Josh Allen, weren't you supposed to play in the Pro Bowl? <laughs> it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> that sucks. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of Nashville, speaking of the Titans, who could be you know, another option that could ruin the Jets' plans, did you see this story that they're switching to turf? That's a natural grass stadium. Yeah, that – and they're switching to turf, and they actually think it's be- like it'll help them curb injuries, which is the complete opposite of what you've always told me. <laughs> Can you explain that to me? Yeah, GMAT, all that stuff, which is the buoyancy of what certain turfs are. And you talk about an outdoor turf. The Ravens have decided they went. The Ravens have went turf, grass, 
turf grass. You figure that out. Like, turf, usually people say you get injured. Now, dome turf is different because it's a little shorter. You can play in turf shoes. You can play in small nubs. You don't play in the long ones. But it takes a while, too, for that stuff to get settled. When you first get turf, it takes a couple years because what happens is nobody plays on it. So the the rubber seeds don't settle and get stuck together. And it's it's a weird thing, man. It's the GMAT. So I would suggest that they're going to get turf, that they allow one of the local colleges to play on it. Because you got to break it in. And if you only play on it eight times a year, it's going to take years for it to break in. So they're saying that it, they think it, they were there's a lot of injury issues, From right? Grass? And they also say it's difficult to grow it there in okay. that environment where they are. And so they're, the the team president and CEO said that this turf is cutting edge technology. Oh yeah, it will be a huge <laughs> improvement in terms of consistency and performance. They've led the NHL. Remember, they've led the NFL in the last two years in players used. Because yeah. of injuries, they've always had to like find other people to play, and so they think stuff. it's because of their turf. They've had more uh, lower body injuries at at NFL games at Nissan Stadium in in, uh, in Nashville. More lower body injuries yeah, they, than they games in checks. any of the league's other stadiums uh, with the, the the synthetic turf fields in the last it's, couple of seasons. It's been an open plea for the Jets to change their turf. People are like, I don't want to play there. You get hurt. Why they always put it on the Jets? The Giants play on the same thing. You never hear Giants opponents talk about it. Well, that was a couple of years ago. That was a big problem when they put the new turf in at at MetLife. Remember Bosa? I think it settled down. Yeah, Yeah, that was that wasn't great that game. That San Francisco Jets game. That was a bad game. Uh, Vrabel said he also had noticed that the grass gets kind of slick, even when you put the new sod in. So it's like it's not stable. Like you remember that two on two we played with with Keyshawn and Jay Will. Yep. Do you remember the court that they had us play on? Yeah, I know that that whatever that sport court. Right, that's that sport court PPV stuff. Pipe. Do you remember when we walked out on it and I told you right away, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I, Because you couldn't take like a jab step and you would feel the tile slide under your foot. Was, like, I, I, like that's what I would imagine you put like a piece of sod to cover up like a torn up patch. I, I can't imagine there's, there's no what, what there's nothing just, holding that in place. You know what why, I mean? It's going to slip why, a little. Why didn't they just try new grass? Like a whole new grass? It's different types of grass that grow in different places. All I know is Eddie George and Steve McNair played well on it <laughs> all those years. All of a sudden, these new cats, man. Well, they're, they're fine. They're they, don't make it like, they don't make it like they're used to. These new cats, yeah. man. Well, anyways. Oh, like, the grass is hurting me. But the fact that uh, they're going back to the Rodgers thing, I, I just threw that out there because I want to get your, your reaction to it, uh, especially because they're a running team. So Rodgers could also go – like he's he hangs out in Nashville, as he just pointed out. Titans – you know, the Niners, but there is also the specter of him just walking away. 800-919-3776. Kevin in Monroe doesn't think that Rogers is walking away right now. Why not, Kevin? Oh, there is no way. Two points, first of all. Um, after today, with Tom Brady retiring, there is no way that that egomaniac, Aaron Rodgers, is going to retire and play second fiddle at the Hall of Fame in five years from now. That guy's going to want the whole stage to himself. Yeah, that's a great – I'll tell you what, Kevin, I didn't even think about that because J.J. Watt pointed that out. I will see you in five years in Kent, and I'm thinking, wow, that's going to be a hell of a class. And that's a great point. Rodgers has to play one more year just to avoid <laughs> being the right be, being the 1B 
at, at that ceremony as if he's really thinking about it. But I bet you, I, I bet you, definitely something somebody might whisper to him. I didn't even think about that. You, you could argue that he was. You could argue that he'd be one C next to JJ Watt. Oh no, 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 no! Come on, it's Aaron Rodgers. But still, but still, Bart, Bart, would that? Do you think that ever enters into the mind of Aaron Rodgers or anybody around him, like friends? Kevin, that's a hell of a call. What do you yeah. think? It, it it could be the de- determining factor. Like you know what, I'll play another year. I was thinking about it, but you know, I, I want to be able. To, <laughs> I don't want to retire and then Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady retired. I'd rather just go out on my own. Did any of the other Hall of Fame quarterbacks go out on their own? Ben went out. Phillip went out first. Ben went out. Did they go out the same years? And Eli went out after, right? No, Ben went out last. Ben was Ben, ben just went out two years ago. Yeah, so Ben was last, but wouldn't Philip Rivers go out? Or, or was Ben last year? I can't. You know these since COVID yeah, this year. The first, this is the first year without Ben. Yeah, since COVID year, this stuff's blended. Picking, so so so. Yeah. It was Eli. Yeah. Then Philip. Yep. Then they, they, yeah, none of them staggered. went out by themselves either. No, it's staggered. Yeah, it's definitely staggered. So some of the like the biggest name ones. Yeah. But but still that that's one thing to think about is for Aaron Rodgers to say, you know what, I'm gonna step away too. So I guess the one thing we could almost guarantee is that Aaron Rodgers is gonna play next year. Question is where? And with the Niners now needing an option and Brady not being that option, the Niners become a legit threat to the Jets. For the Jets to get what they want. Now, here's the one caveat. What is the one thing that we heard that was reported very early in the process about if the Packers are willing to trade Rodgers? What is one thing that they were really not interested in doing? Sending him where? NFC. NFC. So, once again, that should favor the Jets. But if you're the Packers... Yeah, you, th- you think they can't they couldn't get past the Niners with... Aaron Rodgers. You think they're going to try and get past him <laughs> right. without him? Yeah, that's right. In the same team? Right. Nah, hell no. Yeah. So you don't want to see him. Watch go to the Super Bowl and they're going to beat us? Yeah, you don't want to see him. Well, I mean, do you, if you're going to rebuild without Aaron Rodgers, I don't think you're expecting to play him in a playoff game at some point in the next two years. They can, be the, they can be the seventh seed. They got enough what? talent to be the seventh seed. We don't know what Jordan Love is. They got you, young you, receivers you that's only that. going to get better. All right. So to me, again, like, as we keep flip-flopping, that, that, should, that should up your options somewhat. That should that should up your your optimism about whether or not the Jets could get him. But the Titans lurk, they're there. But that's what you said. Well, you know they're putting this new turf down. Did you see this? Tur- you don't want to play on that. <laughs> you come up with like hey, anything bro, you can find. Who's their coordinator? You told me the guy that that was openly drunk driving after a game. Yikes! He might be suspended next year. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yo, I'm not I sure. hold up. Players get suspended for DUIs. How the hell a coach don't get suspended for a DUI? I thought he got reprimanded. He got well, reprimanded. No, he? they decided to keep him. No, I know, but I mean, that was what, a player. Player would have got fired. Player would have got fired. Player would have gotten fired. Or he would have got suspended for five games. He probably would have gotten. Yeah, he would have gotten in trouble, suspension, something like that. Did you see? There's a there's a a backup tackle on the Eagles. You see this story? Yeah, man, that's crazy. Josh Sills. Like Talk he, about he, timing. So he makes the team as an undrafted rookie. And apparently he's now being indicted for something terrible, like rape and kidnapping charges from yeah. going back to December of 2019. And is his hearing he is college? like in a couple of days before the <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> cool. That's crazy, man. Talk about a distraction because you know his teammates are going to have to answer those questions. No, no, I, I, radio not asking, 
this guy doesn't he barely plays. Like he's not really a I don't I don't I don't think he's like a regular. He's you know what I mean? If he's a lineman, he's on he's not on practice squad, right? Yeah, the Eagles you're just like, damn. Like, they probably just caught him. Yeah, just he's not on our team anymore. I don't know. I, I don't How do they not know about this? It just came out. No, how no the team how does the team not know about this guy got a rape charge coming up? Yeah, I'm sure he's good. had legal counsel for a while. It sounds like it happened in 2019. 2019, that's four years ago. December of 2019, yeah. That's four years ago. Back in Ohio, I think it was. So, that man, that's, that's bad stuff, man. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. We were complaining a lot about um, not getting snow. How much snow did you get in New Jersey today, man? Meh, it's already melted. Yeah, I know. It's gone now. But this morning, though, a blanket of white, which was nice to see. No, it wasn't nice to see at all. I Why not? Want, I care less about snow. <laughs> I'm over it. I've seen snow my whole life. Yeah, that's true. You're a Michigan guy. You've seen it your whole yeah, life, but I've seen real snow. It's just something 80s. weird about it. Be like the other day. The other day it was 55 degrees in the city, and it was January. And I was walking around like just a, just a like a sweatshirt, and I'm thinking to myself, "There's something not right about this." Gotta have a little something up. A little, little winter. Mm. All right. Well, anyways, what we had last night at we the live Garden, in Atlanta, right now. We had yeah. Well, how about in Dallas? <laughs> no, I want that. Like down south, they they down do there. not handle a no. half an inch of snow the right way. I mean, cars are sliding off the road. Yeah, like, well, they're not built ice, for it. They got no salt. Man, at this point, you should have a, a salt pile. They're not built for it. They're like, no, it ain't going to happen this year. It happened last year and the year before. Yeah. Happened in the Super Bowl. Get oh, some ice truck. Get, get some, remember that? Yes. Get some, ice, get some ice piles, bro. Get some get some hills. Get some places that hold uh, salt. <laughs> Let's get to Monica McNutt, who was at the Knicks-Lakers game last night doing radio. And Monica's from the DMV. Are you a snow girl? Like or, or is it wait, wait, a little bit of just a little bit of snow and forget it? You're no you're snow out. in D- DC. It it does. Man, once a first of all, relax, Bart. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. I lived out there for eight years. 
There's not not no snow. We do get snow. I remember the blizzard of 97 that shut down the city for a week and snowmageddon when I was in college that shut things down for a week. <laughs> snowmageddon. It was three inches. <laughs> no one. <laughs> so no, it wasn't. Wrong. <laughs> but, but I had this feeling last night. I was I was tempted to stay. After the show, I was around the bill. I was around the garden. And I'm like, I, I'm going to stay. It's LeBron. I'm going to hang out. Then I just started seeing like a lot of people who were there just to be seen. It was just like that. It was that there's a difference between like a big game feel and then a people are here to be seen feel. And once I had that vibe, I was out. Like I, 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 I jumped on the next train. I went home. Like I watched it on TV instead. Did you get a feel in the building that it had a big game feel or was it more of a spectacle of, well, LeBron's here. So let's go watch. Oh, it was definitely the LeBron spectacle. Like, yeah. <laughs> pregame, I sort of joked with our team, our MSG digital team, because, you know, everybody's hanging out. Yep. But the amount of folks that were recording warm-up video and, like, <laughs> it was like, what, what, what's That's going what on here? Who's here? That's Who's what I mean. You know what I mean? So yep. It was definitely a moment to be seen. I will say I watched the Lakers and Nets game the night before. The garden brings out better stars. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Can you yeah. tell me? Can you tell me that? <laughs> I do, know you th- what you mean. Do, do you think that the the Knicks had a better chance of winning if they would have gave it to Brianna Stewart instead of Julius Randle? Oh. Last night? Honestly, and shout out to my per- terrific colleague and our partner on Radio Han, Ed Cohen, mm-hmm. who was very cool and did his job to perfection on that last possession, and I quite candidly, was left at, that is incredibly disappointing not to get a shot off to end regulation. <laughs> like, like, that's what I, like, I, I tweeted this thing where it was just like, what the hell was that? Like, you didn't even get the shot off. Now, I got to say, LeBron is not getting enough credit for the defensive instinctual play that he made because he left Brunson knowing there's three seconds left. Like, he doesn't have time to make this pass. And he just went. Like, he, he completely committed to the double – Doubled late, and once once he got there, Randall had nowhere to go. Like he was on the base, I had nowhere to go. So it was a great defensive play, but a really bad, like a really bad possession to try to win the game. And so I guess the argument is, Monica and and Tib said after the game that there were other options. Like there were three options on that play, and then he decided to take the shot. But, but the way Brunson played late, were you surprised that it wasn't Brunson who had the ball in his hands in that situation? A hundred percent. Maybe more like 69 on that one. Because I think what Julius had a really good second half. Like he struggled in the first half. Yeah. And I remember saying at halftime, you know, when things don't go his way, sometimes he has a tendency to press a little bit. But he didn't do that. I thought he did a good job of finding his rhythm in the second half. If we go back and look at courtside and two pointers that he made or watch the film, he was killing off the two dribble, one dribble, right yes. pull up and getting straight into his jump shot. Mm-hmm. I don't understand if you're going to be the guy with the ball on the final possession with 3.9 to go. I don't understand why you don't go to the move that's been working. Right. And so the whole decision to me was just really baffling. It was an unfortunate low basketball IQ moment that just really rained on a pretty competitive game. So, so they're the seventh seed now. Where does this team go? What do they need to do to be competitive and not, you know, once again – be the ten or play the one team, and done, yeah. the one and done type of team. What 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 needs to happen, and what's their options? Do you think is the best options for them? Bart, 
I'm not completely savvy in terms of who is actually available, but I, I think this team is going to need to add a piece if they don't want to be a play-in team. And I'm not sure that that's going to necessarily save them. And that is not that that won't make them better. It's just that the standings in both conferences are so packed in terms of there's not a lot of wiggle room. But when I look at this team and, you know, I think of the games where I've been assigned the radio analyst role and you're right there up in, up close and personal, it is so glaring. And we see this in the studio, Han, but it is so glaring, the absence of length for this group. And when yes. you start to look at the teams that are sitting one through four, you got big bodies in the front court. And even if you have a guard at the lead that maybe necessarily wouldn't register as a big body, the length supporting him is just crazy. Even in the first half of this particular ball game, like when the ball wasn't moving, the Lakers were in a man-to-man, but it looked like a zone because mm-hmm. they were just getting their stance and put their hands up. And they were long and closing up gaps and penetration lanes. So I don't think that this team has enough size. I think it's entirely too difficult for Julius to have a good day, for Jalen to have a good day. Have they done it? Yes. But when you watch it again, up close to personal, the physical toll there are no easy baskets for this team, minus the second unit, which has really started to thrive in transition. Yeah, they were big. Actually, they got them back in the game, that, that, that second unit. And Monica, that, we're talking with Monica McNutt. Mm-hmm. She, she did the radio call last night, 98.7 ESPN, for uh, MSG Radio Network on the game last night. The Lakers beating the Knicks in overtime at the Garden last night. LeBron went for a triple-double. The Knicks had a chance to win this thing at the end of regulation and failed to. But that's such a great like to me perspective on the the issues with the Knicks. We always point to, you know, the coaching decisions, minutes played, shots made, all that stuff. But in the end when you look at it court level, you just realize like this is not a very big team. And then you take Mitchell Robinson out of uh out of the game, which they haven't had him now for a while and they're not going to have him for another couple of weeks. Like that's another that's a huge piece you take out because of the length factor. And so you're going up against teams like we saw what Toronto would do to them with just constant length they throw on them. Atlanta does it to to Randall. Certain teams that have length. And the Lakers now with the Hachimura trade, they added another wing that's got a big body and long arms, and it's disruptive. And they bring in pieces like that that can be disruptive because just simply on length. And that has frustrated this team. So when you see how Tibbs played out this game, you notice that Emmanuel quickly, who might not be tall, but he's got long-ass arms. He played the last 17 minutes of the game. And R.J. Barrett well, also because, didn't play the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Barrett at the three, despite the fact that he's six seven, he's not a very long player and he's not a very good defender. So that looks to me like if there's an upgrade needed, it might be there. Yeah, and Han, this is – I think R.J. is as cool as the day is long, great dude, like oh, yeah. the whole bit. But practically – like, to your point, let's use Rui Hachimura, who was obviously the Lakers' most recent acquisition. Like, in terms of the NBA prototype wing guy, yep. 3ND, and I know this is the type of guy that's on everybody's wish list when you talk about adding a piece that would make a team contender, the Knicks have just not been able to fill that gap in a sufficient way. And, again, I don't know that moving for a single guy secures them a top-six playoff spot necessarily because I think it's just going to come down to the wire this year across the board in the league outside of maybe – one and two, right? But I think to me, the qualms with Tibbs, the qualms with the rotation, I think Tibbs is squeezing everything he can out of this roster and he deserves more praise. If the play had three different options last night and we got what we got, he wasn't on the floor. Like all he can do is give you the options and you expect a better basketball play to be made. And so I just think practically, as we look at the NBA, 
you need a 3 and D killer dude. And not just the NBA prototype willing to defend, but no one has really emerged as a consistent three-point shooter like that either for the Knicks. Like, Quentin had his run. Quick is better at home than he is on the road. Evan obviously is out of the rotation. And so things that are fundamental to this era of the NBA are missing. I say all that to say, Jalen is incredible. Julius has put up monster double-doubles, and when he's good, he's really good. But when he leaves you scratching your head, you might bleed your, make your head bleed from scratching so hard. <laughs> but here we are. And so um, I'm optimistic, but it's, we still got a lot of games left, and I just think the physical toll with which, with which this team plays, even if you're starting to get consistent minutes from your bench unit, is, is going to be an issue. Now, just hit on my um, 7-Eleven.com. Ananobi, um, the Pacers, who didn't believe that this – they thought this was a rebuild year, just signed Miles Turner. Now they're in the running for Ananobi. I believe I told you, I told right. you why. I told so, you so, why. So, so, so now they're there. And even if you are able to get Ananobi, what does that do for the Knicks and their, their outlook? And what does that mean for R.J. Barrett as far as being in front of the starting lineup? Um. Honestly, Bart, if I'm RJ and an acquisition happens, I don't think coming off the bench is the end of the world. There is something, what's the word I want to use? I'm going to go with funky about the way the Knicks operate offensively. Um, I think to me, right, and hold on, tell me if I'm wrong on this. When I watch a basketball team that just plays ball because they trust the ball is going to come back, the offense moves. Guys might have a shot, but they can trust to swing the ball. That same mm-hmm. shot is going to come back. Yeah. I, I think watching this team, sometimes it gets very my turny. Yes. <laughs> and so for RJ, if he were in that second unit, I think there's less of that to contend with. But then keeping that in mind, guys, if you've got a team with a my, a my turn mindset and you bring in a guy like OG who has had the opportunity to win with the Raptors, like everybody got to take – a reality check and take a slight step back because you're not bringing in a guy like that so he can play my turn too. Like you're trying to win now as a collective team because he would certainly cost. And so I think as much as um, it, you look at what he would add in terms of the physical standpoint, I'm just wondering about this team growing in trust, camaraderie, camaraderie chemistry that you see on the floor mm-hmm. in an undeniable way. Because you see it in spurts I'm with with you. when transition is beautiful. But then you kind of be like, wait, what? Like, you could have got that shot again. Just swing the ball. Like, what are we doing? Yep. Yeah, I, I think, you know what, and I don't know if it's to his fault or just because of the circumstance. I think that we're seeing lately RJ playing for himself, you know, as if I don't want to get lost in this offense, so I got to force my will into uh-huh. getting my shots and stuff. And that's why I think Tibbs has been playing him with the bench to start the second quarter and the fourth quarters because it gives him the opportunity to be the man out there instead of having to deal with two other alphas that are scoring in the starting five. We'll see where all that goes. But by the way, Bart and Monica, I'll tell you the same. I said it yesterday, and I told you. Clutch represents OG Ananobi. Clutch does not want him with the Knicks. I'm telling you right now, they will find other other takers and the Pacers emerging. This creates a market as well. This is what the Raptors want because it, it, it now raises the price for this guy. The Suns were mentioned as well. I'm telling you, he's a he would be a nice fit, but I'd be shocked if he gets traded to the Knicks. Shocked. Pleasantly surprised, but I'd be shocked because the, the business side of this thing does matter. 
That's malpractice. No, that's the way it the goes. Play, the, player, the player has an overrule. You know, Monica's had an agent too. And you know you can't let personal stuff get involved in you being able to go to the best place yeah. for you. That's the best place for him. And if he, he, yeah. he has to say, hey, this is where I want to go, make it happen. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see about that. We'll see Monica, how smart this dude I, is. I, 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 yep, go ahead. Yeah, I will just add, though, too, like in terms of the international player, player the um, style, icon, status that OG, you know, thinks of himself as, like, you know, there's a lot to understand there beyond just the basketball in terms of the opportunity. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, so let me get your take on this, Monica, who is, by the way, Bart, I don't know if you know this, in Georgetown history, there's three basketball icons. Oh, my God. Here there's Patrick go. Ewing. <laughs> There's Allen Iverson, and then there's Monica McNutt, Bro, one of I just the great said, shooters I just, I just, in the history just, of the game. I just said I was in Baltimore for seven years. You think I don't know about the truth? You <laughs> can't deny the damn Oh, truth. my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but, Monica, uh, I want to get your take, though, on Brianna Stewart joining the Liberty, a big three, and she's talking championship now. Mm. What, what does that move mean? And obviously Candace Parker going to the Aces. Yeah, what's the bigger move? Uh, the, the, this big news in the dub. Uh, it is huge news in the dub, and it's funny. Saturday night, I had to hop on Sports Center because everybody's reacting to the Kansas thing, right? And so they're mm-hmm. like, "Does this completely shift the power of the league?" And I'm like, "It does, but I think we gotta wait for this other domino to fall, mm-hmm. named Brianna Stewart, because if she gets the Liberty, that is going to be a series, a rivalry, whatever you want to call it, that is going to be must-watch TV in terms of two powerhouse franchises with powerhouse talent." And so. Um, I remember when the Liberty, well, not that it was long ago, but when the Liberty signed John Paul Jones, who I adore, I've texted some of my friends in the W. I'm like, okay, so are they still in the running for Stewie? How does it work with the two of them together? Because their games are very similar. Um, John Paul spends a little bit more time in the paint, back to the right. basket, but both of them are what we would consider to be stretch fives in today's basketball culture. Um, and my friends were like, well, they actually played together overseas, so it could absolutely totally work. They have familiarity with one another. Immediately you think about the length. You also think about the defensive capabilities. Um, and then you've got Sabrina Inescu and you've got Benajelani there still, who I think has been terrific and continues to evolve as a star in the league, although she had to navigate some injuries last year. So um, I think this is great for New York. I know that is the other arena in the city, but what they do for their liberty and the environment there for the WNBA is Fantastic. Oh, it is such a good time, and I know there's going to be a ton of enthusiasm around. It's so big for the league. As there should be. Yeah. Yeah. I guess New York deserves stars. All the New York teams deserve yeah. stars. Knicks deserve a star as well. I guess I can forgive them, Monica, because, you know, I was on a hiatus from the WNBA and the Liberty because they let Bill Lambert go, and it was disrespectful to me. That's his point. Because <laughs> he he's a Lambert. Hall of Fame, that's you know his, what I'm saying, That's Pistons Trust background. Me, Bill is in good, good hands. Bill's in good hands and still deeply loved. Don't worry. <laughs> Monica, you know we love you. Thanks for joining the us. Truth. Appreciate the time. No problem, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Monica McNutt, of course, here on all different platforms on ESPN and also on MSG, pre-post. She does some radio as well. She did the radio call last night with Ed Cohen. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. I can, I can see now. I can see Malik Yoba running <laughs> and white stuff on the side of his lips, looking like his lips about to just break. <laughs> like, bro, was that part of it? Was that part of like the, all right, let's make uh, Malik Yoba lips super dry <laughs> so it make him look like a tough New York cop, like it's always cold outside. <laughs> Act like New York ain't got no damn humidity. Like when somebody smacked this dude with a damn thing, a lip balm? <laughs> just, yeah, we're just handling Petroleum jelly, aquaphor, something. Beeswax. Yeah, I hear you. Have you ever been talking to, like, have you ever been talking to somebody <laughs> and that white stuff start getting in the corner of their mouth? And you, like, at some point, it's going to be a projectile. And you, like, yo, you don't want to tell them, like, yo, wipe your mouth because you know it, you hope he feel it. I said I had no, a couple coaches no, like that, man. I had a couple coaches like that, man. They get to talk and get all lathered up and emotional. Hey, man, if if anything that's in the corner of your mouth yeah. land on my shirt, I quit. You don't want to deal with it. I quit, and you buy me a new shirt because this don't wash off. The Islanders are celebrating their 50th anniversary season. The celebration continues with giveaways all season long at UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you part of this historic season. Enter to win two free tickets to see the Islanders face off against the Seattle Kraken. That is February 7th at UBS. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contests, and submit your entry. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more. And catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. I'm curious to see the new addition, Bo Horvat, and see how he fits into things. What would you think, by the way, speaking of new additions, Rui Hachimura with the Lakers. He looked good, man. He chose he like 28, two for uh, Gianna, and eight for Kobe. Oh, like that's that? dope. That's dope. That's you sentimental. Like that? Yeah, that's right. that's that, that that lets me know like that, that that he's tied in Paying attention. to where he's at. Yeah, you know what I mean? That that says a lot more, right? Not the number, why he chose the number. That says that he he understands, right? And that should translate into other things as well. Attention like to detail. Mm-hmm. Attention to detail, right? Yes. The caring aspect. Right? The it should be easy for him to be accepted and become one of the guys. He he looked good yesterday, man. That shot look, and it's like crazy. If the Knicks would have got him, they'd been looking like, "What the hell are we doing? Like, why we get this guy? He's a bust. He's this." And they got two of those guys, right? They got the center that's got the jacked up knee that's coming back to you know, kind of prove it deal. You know what I'm saying? They Thomas got some Bryant, guys. yeah, yeah they, yeah, they got some guys really that well. kind of. But I agree with Monica, and I'm glad she said it because we try to find all these different ways of like, well, how do you fix him and all this other stuff? The Knicks, and it's like. Uh, here are the two issues. Their two issues are not coaching. Their their issues are their issues are a lack of a star, like a legit star, top fifteen player in the league guy. Right? They don't have one of those. Well, so you're a team that's in the top fifteen in the league in, in record, but you're not. You don't have a guy who's a top fifteen player. That's a problem. 
It is. It's a problem. On most nights, the other team has the best player. That's a problem. The other part of it is what she said, length. They don't have any damn length. So other teams have, like the whole league now is 6'9 with 7'2 wingspan. That's the whole league. Yep. And you don't have guys like that. You have Mitchell yeah. Robinson. That's it. And when he's out of the lineup, you don't have it. Well, you had Durham, but you traded him to the Pistons. Well, you never had him. They they drafted him. Yeah. But that was so they can get rid of Kemba Walker, another small player that they decided to get. That's my point, man. Is like there's so much that they don't have. They don't have three point shooting. So all right, that's you're a the, small that's the team. Knicks, that's the Knicks but they you. don't even have three point shooting. That's the, like that's the, were, Knicks, that's the Knicks for you. They're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league. That's the Knicks for you. Remember? They went but how about this? They went 0 for nine in the fourth quarter and overtime from three. They didn't make one three. That's the Knicks for you, man. Like when the league is remember like a couple years ago we were on, they were talking about teams that attempt threes. <laughs> like you said the Knicks yeah. attempt. And they never <laughs> attempted threes. More two more yep. twos than anybody. Like, yep. yo, like yeah. Get the memo, bro. We need we need positionless <laughs> players. We need positionless players, yeah. man. Like, have you not seen where, where the league is trending? Like, no, we're gonna be the. They like the Patriots. Everybody wants to pass the ball. We're gonna be ground and pound. They're not. Gonna, we're gonna get them with this one. Like, no, bro. No. Oh my God! All right, so eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We're gonna get into the calls and the power hour. We're gonna get into what Eli said about the Giants quarterback situation. I'm going to tell you what it's going to cost the Giants to keep Saquon Barkley because now we know what it's going to cost. We're going to talk about Tom Brady retiring, and is he closer to Derek Jeter Mm. than he is to Michael Jordan? Think about it for a minute. Jeffrey. He could be. Jeffrey. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.